Hello, it's yet another emergency Oh God, What Now podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew Harrison. Isn't it surprising how strangely hollow and empty it can feel when you finally get your greatest wish? Dominic Cummings is going. Uh, <laughs> he has uh, announced, but he, he didn't definitely didn't get fired. He's sticking to his plan of leaving at the end of the year, having made himself less important, is how it was dispelled to the nation by, by Laura Koonsberg. I've got Ian Dunt with me to explain what really went on. Ian, what really went on? Oh fuck knows. I mean I can't you can't nobody knows. Have you read have you read the the commentary? It is just completely baffling because it's because yeah, okay, I said this order through yesterday, but it's like whenever there's a leaking war, whenever people are trying to basically kill each other by leaking to the press to make the other side look bad, as as the Cummings faction has been doing for fucking ages, pr- pretty much every single government department at some point other than Downing Street, and in fact eventually towards Downing Street in the itself as well. You never really know what's going on because all you, you know you don't really know the source of the information, right? So I mean, the story that's been accepted is, you know, Cummings pushes luck too far, trying to install, you know, various people in various positions to entrench his control. Eventually, was sort of fought back by this, by the, the you know that that scene in uh, uh, Avengers Endgame where there's just a cut of all the of all the women that Marvel could put together because they, <laughs> they didn't have to look so bad. So you know it's Pretty Patel and it's Allegra Stratton, it's the Prime Minister's girlfriend, and on we go. And in fact, the thing is, it's not really clear where those leaks came from. About you know this coming from, for instance, the Prime Minister's girlfriend. Because mm. it, several people think that came from Trump. Uh, Trump, Jesus Christ, the fucking. We should it's never record a few weeks on Friday afternoon. It's indeed that that came from Cummings himself. So the truth is, we don't really know. But the overall picture is Cummings, who did look, you know, not so long ago, like he had complete control over Boris Johnson, seems to have pushed his luck too far and seems to be on the way out. Right. Now, this is bit, this was portrayed through what looked like a very leaky story of the Times this morning, uh, that, that it essentially was, you know, a, a, a purely power, nothing to do with policy, nothing to do with um, uh, any kind of vision for the future. And you were quite angry on the day that it, 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 all, it all emerged, that this was the day when uh, coronavirus cases had reached an all-time peak. Uh, we still haven't got a Brexit deal, and the energies of government are going into this kind of Behind the scenes battle. Is Carrie Simmons really that powerful? It seems. I mean, she is. A, she's a former special. She's a former advisor, isn't she? She's not. She's not alien to politics. No, no, no. She, she's she's super. She, she's deep in the Westminster Village, and she, and she was well before this period, and and you know now rather more so. And I just can't look. Things haven't changed, right? Like, I mean, Tony Blair made plenty of decisions based on the things that his wife would talk about with him. And in fact, when you read through some of that stuff, she, she really played quite a pivotal role in the judgment. And, I, and I, I'm unaware of any universe in which someone pays no attention to their partner whatsoever. You would hear this stuff. If you, if you recall back under Theresa May, there was a long period where people would talk quite a lot about what her husband would say to her and whether he would advise her to go at a certain point or what he made of the Brexit. I mean, it is, we can't be unrealistic about the impact that that has. In this case... What was interesting about it was almost always with those discussions, there's some question of political judgment and political ideas and political direction. And in this case, there was just no political content whatsoever. There's not even really a strategic level of, of content. They're not, I mean, apart from saying, oh, he's a bit awful, isn't he? You know, the way that he keeps on briefing against us and trying to cut us up. Like, apart from that, there isn't anything. They're not really suggesting, oh, well, you know, maybe if Boris Johnson approached this from a different perspective or used a different technique, there's very little of that either. It's essentially, 
you know, they just don't fucking like each other. And so therefore, you know, this, this factional dispute has now degenerated to the point where one of the sides has conquered the other. The surprise is that Boris Johnson himself seems to be completely absent from it. And it's just been kind of ping-ponged around like a, like a kind of human beach ball or a human volleyball between the, these factions. Is there any sense that, um, you know, we've talked un- endlessly about how Cummings is effectively Boris Johnson's brain, but he, he applies the conviction and the uh, the fight and the, the bloody-mindedness to prosecute things like culture was that Boris Johnson isn't really personally that interested in. I think it was described today, I forget where, one of the papers said this is the end of the idea of a second term of Boris Johnson. What do you think it's done for Boris Johnson's you know, perception of not, not so much strength, but actually having any kind of commitment to a direction? Well, he hasn't had that for a long time, right? I mean, do you remember when we were talking, you know, a couple of months ago about uh, the response to the coronavirus pandemic? And then again, you got Boris Johnson sat in cabinet with a bunch of guys saying, we've got to prioritize the economy and another bunch of guys going, oh, we've got to prioritize public health, which, you know, incidentally, bears repeating, is the most infantile possible fucking binary opposition you can come up with given that situation. And Boris Johnson was just trying to say, well, okay, so we're going to go a little bit in the middle. Again, entirely absent. In each issue that you look at, he is never the main player in it. He is this sort of fading presence in a way, frankly, that bears a lot of resemblance to uh, what Jeremy Corbyn was like in his leadership of the Labour Party, particularly over the Brexit issue, as other factions and other interest groups and other priorities battle it around around him. So he just isn't really there, and he isn't there on this issue. On this issue, he just, I mean, a couple of brave attempts were made by sympathetic commentators to say he really grasped the nettle on this one and, you know, took a big decision. No, each time you look at it, he had just a few days ago was saying that this guy, that Kane was going to, um, be his chief of staff, basically saying, I'm taking a guy who has catastrophically fucked up our communications campaign as head of comms, and I'm going to make him my chief of staff in order so that Dominic Cummings doesn't get too upset about it. And that really wasn't very long ago. So the idea that he has any kind of agency in this is for the birds. He just seems to be just this sort of, just just clothing, you know, with no skin in it. He's just clothing, drifting around Downing Street. And that at the moment is the only impression that you get of the prime minister. It does seem strange that the whole whole house of cards should fall down simply because of a decision to put Allegra, Allegra Stratton in <laughs> as the, the spokesperson, effectively the human shield, so Boris doesn't have to go out and stand behind a lectern, which he doesn't like doing. Yeah, and, and the unforeseeable idea that she might at some point go, I would like direct access to the Prime Minister, seeing as I'm about to stand there in front of the, the whole of the country's media industry and shovel shit in your name. Anyone could have seen she was obviously going to want direct access to the Prime Minister. But these guys pursued that without having any inkling that maybe by virtue of their idea, there would be alternatives to their own power centre around Downing Street. That's all, that time story, again, indicated, or possibly this is carrying yet another leak, that uh, that's kind of the end for your culture war stuff. That, you're, uh, that, 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 you know, Dom was the engine of the culture war. Dom saw the, the culture war as the tool that would carry them through. I'm paraphrasing very broadly here. But Dom would see the, the, the culture war as the tool that would carry them through the next four years. You're never going to run out of fuel if you've got Remainers and London elites to bash. And the indication of the time story was that that's, that's kind of going to end now. Do you think that's likely? Because it, it doesn't seem like there are very many other people in the engine room who have the same bloody-minded, vindictive passion for it as Cummings does. No, that's true. And there's clearly some people around Boris Johnson that think that they're hoping that's the way it goes. And it's also 
important and valuable and healthy and rewarding that Cummings has gone because he is an extremely pernicious example of it, a very conscious example of it. I mean, he is not just someone flailing around, grasping for this stuff because he thinks it might work for him in a way that, say, for instance, Theresa May or even Nick Timothy was. You know, he is ideological with it. He's pursuing it as an electoral strategy, but also, I think, because he actually believes in this stuff. Um, However let's not fucking kid ourselves, this is going to go away. I mean, again, Pretty Patel is supposed to be part of the faction that got rid of him. Now, Pretty Patel is not calling lawyers, you know, Labour supporters and do-gooders because Dominic Cummings told her to. It's because mm. she fucking believes in that shit. Because she is ultimately just as pernicious and as broken-minded as he is. Just arguably slightly less electorally efficient. Um, when you look at Boris Johnson, look at the way he acted when, after keeping silent, for fucking months on end about everything going on with COVID. And then suddenly someone mentions the last night of the proms and just, you know, someone switches the on button in his little brain and up he comes speaking with a a sense of passion and commitment and genuine sort of um, just interest in the subject matter that is utterly absent in any other area of policy. And you look at that and you think, well, what is he? He's a a fucking spectator columnist. You know, that's what he is. You know, he's the guy that sits there going, oh, the BBC, it's all run by a bunch of woke teenagers and we need to go. That, that is <laughs> who he fundamentally is. So, you know, how it comes. So it's not like, you know, taking out Cummings is good. Does it mean that everything is now fine? No, it, I'm sorry. Oh. Sorry to break it to you and ruin your weekend. Like, it definitely does not. Well, there was, there was conflicting emotions last night on the, uh, on the Oh God, What Now WhatsApp group. Yes, there is one, listeners, and you'll be shocked to learn. Uh, some, some of us were like, that bastard, he, he's like sneaking off before he has to deal with the consequences of the Brexit that he, he hath wrought, you know, the kind of massive mess that's coming down the line, largely architected by Dominic Cummings, not just in concept, but, he, but also in bloody-minded tone. And half the people on the WhatsApp group were like, look, we just wanted rid of him, didn't we? He's gone. That's good. What do you fall on that, Ian? Do you think he should have been? You think he should have been made to stay around and clear up the mess he's made? No, no, no. If someone presents you with two buttons and one of them says Dominic Cummings stays, you know, for to own the moral responsibility or whatever, and the other one says Dominic Cummings go, you wouldn't even be able to get to the end of the Dominic Cummings goes sentence before I'm like, press the fucking button. What if you Just were on the bridge? What if you were on the bridge of a crashing spaceship, Ian? Then it, it, Dominic Cummings stays or Dominic Cummings goes. Make a decision on that one. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You've managed to create a sci-fi example <laughs> where, where this no longer holds. But like the rest yeah. of the time, the guy's got to go. And mm. let's not kill ourselves. Like Once again, and we've done, gone over this in a million times on a million different scenarios, let's not kill ourselves that these guys are ever going to fucking own it. There is never going to be a point where they're like, oh, yeah, no, we fucked up. And it's, it's our fault for pursuing Brexit and pursuing it in the most infantile way imaginable. It's just not going to happen. They would always blame someone else. And it doesn't, you know, if he was there in February, he would have blamed someone else. If he's not there in February, he's going to blame someone else. And in this case, the only difference is he'll probably blame the government guys in exactly the same way that Nick Timothy did towards Theresa May, funnily enough. For, oh, that, you know, if only they'd shown a bit more spine, if only they just believed a little bit harder and not been so apologetic about things, it would have been fine. But it doesn't matter because he would have found someone else to blame, whether it was Remainers or Europeans or ill-prepared businesses or anyone else, if you happen to be in government. So that just, I just don't see what the advantage is there, given that you get the same thing on either option. But on the second option, you get Dominic Cummings to have fucked off. So I'm going to take the second option. It's the blogs I can't stand. The blogs are going to start again, aren't they? The great big long piece of bloody, you know, Aldi von Clausewitz bullshit is going to be coming down (laughs) the pipe at you. You know, 
Mom says, get off the internet, complaints, uh, thousands and thousands of words of, of self-exculpatory nonsense with references to classical antiquity. Um, the thing is, at least those blogs will stay where they belong, which is a little corner of the internet, rather than the seat of British government. And that alone is, is reason for celebration. There will be some corner of the internet that is forever dumb. You know it's what gets be- me as well is it's it's almost like you you know there was that there was there was a HBO or Channel Four or whatever the fuck was the you know the drama about him in Brexit and that and mm. that was sort of I mean it was probably unhelpful in the grand scheme of things but but you kind of got why it was dramatically interesting and and it, and it brought him to a wider audience in a way that I don't think was particularly flattering ultimately which maybe we think there's there's something a bit broken and self and preening about him. And um, what's funny, though, is that the real kind of dramatic tragedy of him is, is kind of happening now because all those fucking blogs, you know, all the, this lifetime of writing these blogs about everything's done wrong. And if only, I, you know, and I, but I understand, I get it because I've just got this massive Mekon sized brain. If you just put me in jail, I'll fucking get all the little circuitry boards and whatever metaphor about quantum mechanics and fuck knows what else. <laughs> and, Bismarck, and, you know, and that would be the thing <laughs> form of government. And yeah. yet then he gets the position. And what has he done? Like, OK, Brexit. Yes. Sooner through, and it happened, right? I mean, fucking appalling, tragic error, but nevertheless, at least it happened. It, you look at his stuff with this, what has he actually fucking done? Like, he's gone now. And what more could he have fucking asked for, right? Yeah. ACC majority, a, a prime minister that doesn't really want to be there and will happily just basically let you run the fucking place. And he did fuck all with it. And that there, not the, not the fucking Brexit referendum, but that there is the moment of sort of, of actual tragic drama in him. And it's happening right now. Well, he did. He made the, he created this kind of Ozymandias seeing room though, didn't he? His kind of lots of telly and all these people around him sitting there with his genetically engineered gigantic links kind of thing. And I control everything. He didn't manage to make that happen. And you're absolutely right. For what? Like Ozymandias in the poem. Look about, you know, my works, he mighty, look what a shit show, as it says. Again, I'm paraphrasing. I reformed the civil service 29 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you think I'm going to tell you my plan like some Republic era villain on the table? So you, we say all this in, in our in our little our little self-congratulatory bubble, and it's a, it is quite a sweet moment. But the likes of Bernard Jenkins are, on the, are all over the radio saying, well, this is great because we're going to get back the Boris we like. We're going to get back the Boris that the people like. It's going to be much more uh, liberal, much more friendly, much more emolient much less uh, spoiling for a fight in a pub car park as Dominic Cummings has been um, for the past year. Do you think they're going to get what they're describing or are they describing something that they know is bullshit because it sounds nice on the radio? I sometimes don't know, you know, where, where these guys, what motivates them with this, the real Boris stuff. I just don't know whether it's genuine or, or whether it's just something that they say. You know, and, and I think maybe because it's not in their interest to criticize Boris himself. So it's always used. And this and this goes way back. Like, you know, when it, you're reading any history book, whenever people are fighting the king, they never criticize the king. They always say, oh, it's his advisors. You know, yeah. he's being all self-interested advice. Well, maybe it's a slightly human trait or maybe it's just a cynicism of it's too dangerous to attack the figure directly. But I, I don't get it and I don't see how it could be the case. But let's imagine that genuinely, you know, beating in, in Boris's heart is ultimately this liberal, you know, nice guy that wants to go back to just being the London mayor and everything's lovely and blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, in a few weeks' time, Brexit is actually going to happen. It is not going to happen in a legal capacity as it did before. It's going to happen in a practical capacity. And what that means, even if it goes as well as it can possibly go, is that you're going to see the reintroduction of a bureaucratic horror show 
on the borders. It's entry and exit customs declarations. It's safety and security documentation. It's regulatory compliance, special border inspection posts for sanitary and phytosanitary products. It is the full phalanx of tedious, boring fucking nonsense. And it is going to be extremely dull and it is going to take an awful lot of time and it's going to be quite chaotic. And on the basis of that, you look at, imagine that Boris is the nicest guy you can think of. Who the fuck is he going to blame? What is he going to say? Oh, well, yeah, I fucked it. You know, I should never have come out from the referendum and I should have stopped this thing. No, of course not. He is going to blame other people. And by blaming other people, he's going to take objective truth and tell you to not look at that and instead look at your tribal loyalties and aim your ire and your irritation at the guys in Europe and the Remainers at home and the blah, blah, blah. Okay, and so on that basis, no matter what they say now, it is going to be the same old shit from this guy. And that is the case if he's a nice guy fundamentally. And the thing is, he isn't. He isn't a fucking nice guy fundamentally. If he is anything at all fundamentally, and frankly, I doubt it, I'm not entirely sure that there is a thread of consistent conviction that exists in his body. But if there's anything to him, he is that He is that fucking spectator columnist. Just this boring, tweedy, old, reactionary, English, contrarian twat. And that's ultimately all you're going to find if there is actual consistency to him. And even that, I think, is arguably too generous. So no, I don't think we're going to get lovely, liberal, happy, shiny Boris. Well, I've got some bad news for you, Ian. We're going to have to stop the recording and completely redo the podcast because 26 seconds ago, uh, BBC announced that Cummings is leaving number 10 with immediate effect. Oh, he's fuck. Are you out. serious? He's out. Yes, he's out. Are he's you gone. serious? Yeah, he's gone. Uh, oh. So he's gone with immediate oh. effect. Uh, oh, this is fantastic. Wait, I'm just looking on Twitter and there's a picture of him with a box. <laughs> with a, oh, that is the most beautiful little picture. There you go. It's so sad and wonderful. It is strange, isn't it? Because, I mean, from a selfish point of view, I mean, obviously, we, we hate him. We hate him on this podcast, but he's been good material. You know, to, you know what, what, what somebody out in Twitter called him super dry golem, you know, and, and, you know, this horrible sort of poundland, mekon, little megamind, you know, that's it. So that's it. It's the end. We should play the I music can't. for. We should play I'm the music gonna... from the end of The Incredible Hulk, you know, the sad walking away music, you know, like when a bad football manager gets sacked. So there you go. So I farewell then. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I I didn't really hear anything you just said because I've just been staring at the photo of him leaving down the street and my brain experienced such a wave of euphoric go. joy that I was temporarily incapacitated. But I'm back now, and I, I bet it was fantastic commentary. Tasty, tasty. Well, I think that's probably the second best picture. My favourite one was him and Lee Kane. To, uh, this morning captioned worst orbital tribute band ever as two <laughs> bald guys banging their heads together nothing <laughs> bald guys though is there so there we go uh, live reactions in the middle of an emergency oh god what now podcast farewell then quantum bismarck we shall not see your light again farewell wordpress rasputin it is uh, time for drinks. That it is, is bloody, that bloody is last time for drinks. Listeners, thank you so much for uh, staying with us for this emergency. Oh God, what now? We'll be back with the regular. Oh God, what now? Next week, anything can happen in the next seven days. We'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>